this is the time. You can't let it go. You got to keep pressing. You have to work towards this change. Well, I'm Karim Jackson. I'm a labor supervisor for Public Works and uh, the Bureau of Street and Environmental Services. I've been living here my whole life, born and raised in San Francisco. I'm 48 years old, so I've seen a lot. My first time dealing with real racism, I was 12 years old, and I'm walking down the street with my cousin downtown, and a white lady walks up the street, and my cousin tells me we got to cross the street. And I'm like, why would we have to do that? The stuff, the place we go into is right down there. But the white lady is walking on the same side. He's, he has to explain to me, if that lady drops her purse, they're going to kill us because they're going to say we tried to take When I was eight, my dad passed away, so my uncle was like the surrogate father. He's a consummate police officer. So I, I was raised with a police officer in the family. His thing was give the police the utmost respect, answer all their questions, comply with them, allow them to do their job because they're only doing their job. And it was hard to get my uncle to understand that even though we would do that, there seemed to be some underlying attitude about it. There would still be a few different questions to pull out the car and search and everything. And until my uncle had to go through the process, through the issue himself, he didn't really understand it. Police officer pulls him over, asks him for his ID and registration and everything. And my uncle goes to give it to him. And the guy's just giving him a real hard time. And he's so... The police officer asked him, well, what are you doing in this area? Why would you be over here? Now, mind you, at the time, my uncle lived on Skyline Drive, and he's literally three or four blocks away from his house. And he's telling him, I'm going home. And the police officer's like, well, are you on parole? Are you on? And he's just goes through these all of these questions. Well, let me search your car. And finally, my uncle gives him his ID, which is his badge with his driver's license. And then the guy's like, oh, well, you should have told me you were a police officer. At that point, he was he would tell my nephew, my cousin and myself, look, just be careful. I need you guys to come home. It, everybody's not, every cop's not like that. Every police officer's not like that. But when you encounter that, that one like that, just don't even teeter the line, just walk straight. And that's what we ended up, that's what we do. There had been an incident. I was pulled over by San Francisco Police Department in front of my home. The police officer said I didn't come to a complete stop at a stop sign six blocks away. And there was no stop sign at that corner. He proceeds to ask me for my identification and everything. I give him all of my paperwork. Then he asked me if I'm on parole or probation. Can he search my car? Then he asked me to step out of the car. And I'm like, okay, but why would I need to get out of the car? And he tells me, well, the reason being is this is for your safety. And I'm like, you're supposed to be giving me a ticket. I'm with San Francisco's finest. I'm already safe. Why don't you put your hands behind your back for your safety? 
then he's, oh, you're threatening me. You know that could get you killed. And literally, my neighbors are coming out like, why are you bothering him? He's a nice guy. And the guy, all he could say was, well, he didn't stop at the stop sign six blocks away. And finally, his sergeant came, saw who I was. I live on a main street in the neighborhood. They see me every day. And he knows my uncle and my cousins. And he's like, Karim, what the hell are you doing? And from that point on, I'm like, I'm telling him what happened. And he's extremely upset. It's like, why would you do that? You don't have to do that. But it was just the worst. It was the most humiliating feeling you could ever get. I definitely see this as widespread and systematic. It's not just the police departments. It's everywhere. It's the way you perceive things. The collection of the purse when a black guy walks by or or Hispanic guy walks by. Those things, they're apparent, they're there. Sometimes they're not as overt as somebody walking, burning across on your lawn or something. But they're there. And we've got to figure out how to fix it. Things need to change. That's always in your mind. But because it's such a, it becomes such a norm, you you kind of get resigned to, oh, it's not going to change. This is what it is. So now you're forced to tell your nephews, your little cousins, your sons, your daughters, that you are not going to get equal treatment and looked upon differently. And you have to accept that. So if it means that you have to accept the demeaning and and the belittling and the harsh treatment, you have to do that and suck it up because you know your main objective is to make it home every night. And that's a hard conversation to have with you. Right now, it's uh, it's a real tense time. For a number of years, I've tried to make people kind of see what was going on with social media and the camera phones and stuff like that. It's being recorded even more so. It's it's just tense. It's extremely tense. We're trying to figure it out. We're getting a lot of help. We're starting to see other people, other races come in and they're standing up for it and, and standing up against it. People don't want to be divided anymore. They want to start being together. That's indicative of the George Floyd death. People are coming to a point where, you know what? I hang out with Billy. I I, I know Billy's mom. And so these are their friends. And, and everybody's friends. And now they're standing up like, wait a minute. That's not cool. Did, did you see what happened to so-and-so's friend or so-and-so's cousin? It's starting to hit closer to home because everybody's has somehow they know somebody and that affects them. People that would have never been able to really bring it together. This is their reason. Like this is their chance to let's come together. Let's fix this. And that's where it seems like it's going. In the climate now, I believe things can change, but the only way to make the change is for people to not let up. You can't, we can't be content with, oh, well, somebody said Black Lives Matter, so at least somebody's listening. No, you have to continue 
to put your foot on the pedal, keep pressing, and keep working towards the change. First, everyone needs to have this conversation. Put everything on the table. Be willing to listen and and look at things from a different perspective. And then get to the polls. You got to vote out the bad characters, the ones with the bad ideas that don't, they're not thinking on lines of inclusiveness. We have to be able to bring it together, put everybody on the same playing field and give everybody the same opportunities. We can't continue to leave anybody behind. Thank you for listening to Snapshot, a public works podcast. Take care. Bye-bye.